Welcome to Sunlight Connections, a homeschool podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 13. I'm Stephanie Rose, Sunlight's Community Manager, and on today's podcast, Judy and Sheila join me to talk in-depth about Teacher Sabbath. A Teacher Sabbath is more than a break from the day-to-day. It's a cease and desist to regroup and find a healthy balance between no rest and daily pampering sessions. Listen in as Judy and Sheila help define what Teacher Sabbath means, why it's important, and how to find a balance in your self-care moments. This is your chance to gather ideas for how to take a breather, to get much-needed rest, and why you should do that. Join me as we turn the page on this topic. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Today, we're going to talk all about Teacher Sabbath. I have Judy and Sheila here with me to provide their expertise. I'm going to let them do their introductions. Sheila, welcome. Hey, it's so good to be here, Steph. Um, So I have been homeschooling since 2000, and um, I've actually graduated all three of my kids, so I'm actually a retired homeschool mom, but I I do still work with Sunlight. I love um, helping homeschool families figure out how to get this thing going. I have three three kids ranging in age from 20 to 25. Perfect. Well, thank you, Sheila and Judy. Welcome. Hey, Steph. So I'm also a retired homeschool mom of three amazing adults and Um, work for Sunlight as the marketing sales coordinator here. So um, that is a fun part of my life. And like Sheila, one of the things that I do is get to see people on the convention floor um, all summer long. And we are truly hoping that's going to happen in 2021. Um, And yeah, we're excited in our household because we're now starting a second generation of Sunlighters. So that's very fun and important to us. Very good. Thank you so much. I'm Stephanie Rose. I'm the community community manager at Sunlight. And let's get started by defining what we mean by teacher Sabbath. That's a very good place to start because not everybody necessarily uses that terminology. <laughs> um, I mean, the technical definition of Sabbath means to stop, to cease and desist and set stuff aside. And so if you're familiar at all with Old Testament scripture, um, there's actually um, instruction from God to take a Sabbath on a regular basis. And so it's not just a nice thing. It's not just something that maybe we ought to consider doing. It actually um, is instruction from the Lord that we need to stop periodically. Yeah, and he created us so he knows that our bodies need to have that break. Just like trees need to have that break in the wintertime, you know, to start back up, we also need to take regular breaks. He knows that about us. Yeah. So a lot of parents, being one of them and you too as well, um, might find it hard to find a balance um, between self-care and good parenting. So maybe let's talk, let's explore a little bit of that. How do we help? How do we advise people to find that balance? I think, um, I think that parents, especially new to homeschooling parents, they are, they're gung ho, they're all in, you know, they have this new role and it's hard to know when to, when to take a break, when to stop. They, they think that they need to go, 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 keep, keep, you know, that 
pace going. And, and really, if you think about the traditional school calendar, there are regularly scheduled breaks in a traditional school calendar because even public school recognizes that breaks are necessary. But when you are the homeschool mom and the mom and the cook and the laundry washer and the grocery shopper and all the things, that's not your one hat that you're wearing. You wear multiple hats. And so it is very easy to really go, go, go until you burn out. So it's important to figure out for you and your family and your situation and the number of kids that you have and the resources that you have, how to make that work for you in your, in your life. And I think it's important to point out, um, as we were chatting earlier before we started, um, different people rest in different ways. What may be restful for me uh, may not necessarily be restful for Sheila. And rest doesn't always mean laying down and taking a nap either. Um, you may find that it's very restful for you to walk or to run or whatever gets those endorphins pumping and those feel good hormones. And that's that for you is restful and helps you to um, have a better mental outlook on life and to, to take a break from um, your kids and just the stress of family. Um, for other people, it, it might be something different. You might just need a change of venue. Maybe you just need to get out of your house on a regular basis and look at something other than your four walls and your children um, and the dirty dishes in the laundry. So um, rest probably is very different, but we do, we do have to find a balance. We're not talking about go, go, go and never, never stop. That's one extreme. We're also not talking about, you know, the whole self-care movement that started a few years ago where you have to take care of me and um, that's the most important thing. And that's not servanthood either. And so I think we're talking about find a, finding a balance in the middle there somewhere. Yeah. And so springing off of that, knowing yourself helps. So I know that I am an introvert. So after a full day of peopling with my little people, I knew back when I was homeschooling that I needed some alone time. And my husband, who's an extrovert, and he's been peopling all day, but he doesn't mind a little more peopling when he gets home and he hasn't seen the kids all day. So it, we ended up working it out and it wasn't like it, we sat down and had a meeting. It just sort of worked out that I had the kids all day. I did dinner and then I was happy to do the dishes if he would take those kids and put them to bed give them the bath and do all the bedtime routine and he would do the read aloud and pray with them. And I was just blissfully in the kitchen doing dishes by my lonesome. And that was restful for me. Um, the other thing I needed that I recognized was that I needed some adult time and not just my husband. I mean, we would go on dates, but I also needed some other mommy time, someone that I can share and unburden, you know, the good and the bad and the how, how do you do this? And let me tell you about that and the, the happy and the sad. And the way I did that was I would walk with a friend every morning and she was also a homeschooling friend. So our husbands would stay at home with the kids in the early morning and she would come to my house and we would walk for an hour in the morning. And that was so restorative to me because I needed to have that adult time. So bookending those two things, some adult time in the morning with my friend and 
doing the dishes alone at night was life-giving to me. I have to say, I am in a season where I'm very busy right now. And even going to the grocery store by myself, <laughs> it's like, I, I take so much time. Like, I'm going to go to the grocery store. Does anyone want to go? No one wants to go, which I love. And I'm like, I'm going to take as much time as I can in the grocery store right now. So I think you can find it anywhere. I love the, I too, I'm an extrovert, but I do need my recharge time. So I too like to be with other adults, love my husband, love my children, but it's nice to have that other mom friend or a few mom friends. And, um, and then just that little time at the grocery store once a week by myself, which seems crazy, but yeah, you know. (laughs) And I think it's important to say, again, this was not a suggestion from the Lord. This was a command. And bad things happen when you don't give yourself that break. And it could be that you find yourself short and snippy with the kids and um, flying off the handle at every little thing. And an alarm bell ought to go off in your brain that says, something's not right here. What is it I need? first question I would do would be to stop and and ask myself, in the last week, when have I taken a time to stop? And so it's it's good to have that kind of sitting in the back of your head that you recognize, you know, when things aren't going like they should, or you're not the pleasant person you typically are, there's probably a reason. Yeah. Especially right now. I mean, I feel like we're all a little bit more isolated than we're used to. So um, definitely checking yourself and figuring out, you know, what, what you're comfortable with, what your friends are comfortable with and um, sort of exploring those options, whether it's just a zoom call, if you can't get together wherever you are, Mm -hmm. do, do a call, phone call, FaceTime, zoom, you know, anything. So I definitely think it's important to, to check yourself a little bit and, and, reflect on, on what you need. Um, so if you were to take a day, I can't even imagine having a day to myself right now in the current, in my current life, but if you were to take a day off or a day to yourself, what does that look like? Your homeschooling family, you know, what, any, anything you can think of there? So if you are following the four-day schedule, you have a natural day off every Friday. So you could farm the kids out. You could work out, negotiate with another homeschooling friend and say, I'll take your kids on this Friday if you take my kids on whatever other Friday. And even if you can't do it once a month, but you trade off months, like I'll do it this month if you do it next month, or if you can work it out every other week, that would be like bliss, right? Because you would get, you know, a a whole day off um, every month. That would be lovely. But if not, you can at least carve out a few hours. You can hire a babysitter during the day and take yourself grocery shopping or Christmas shopping in this season, you know, whatever. Um, you could do something that you enjoy. If it, I'm a runner, so I would enjoy going to run in a different place, not in my usual spot, like maybe on a trail or at the beach. I live in Florida. And so running on the beach is really, really fun for me. Um, you could take a spiritual day and have a little retreat and read a spiritual book or, you know, um, spend some time in extended prayer. 
Um, that's really good to do. I, I liked doing that toward the end of the school year because I would wrap up my school year and pray about the following year. Or you could do it right beginning of the school year to kind of launch launch your school year. So, you know, there's so many different things. If you enjoy gardening, you could go to um, a botanical garden and get inspired by professional gardeners and what they can do, you know, and then and then come home and spend a couple hours in, in your yard planting some annuals or something like that. So it doesn't have to be like we were saying, it doesn't have to be long naps or a day at the spa, although it could be that if that if you're into that kind of thing, you certainly could. Um, but just what gives you life and you're in a season. So maybe this is not the season to do all your favorite ho ho hobbies or activities. But maybe you do take that one day and focus on on that one activity that you've missed, whether it's, like I said, gardening or sewing or knitting or reading, re reading adult books. You know, you might be reading all day, all day long to your kids and they're great books, but you may want to read something just for you. Um, so just carving out those things that 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 you enjoy doing that maybe have gone, you know, got set back on the back burner for this season of time, maybe you do once a month. But I think it's important too to realize that we invest in what's important to us. And so I remember a friend saying to me, you know, get a babysitter to watch your kids. And I thought, we don't have money for that. I can't afford a babysitter. And we, we lived and still live in a, in a fairly rural um, location. And so it wasn't like I could go down the block to my friend's house and trade off the kids or whatever. So, you know, I found myself often ticking off all the reasons why I couldn't rest, why I couldn't get the time off I needed. And then a wise um, homeschool mom who was further down the path than I was said something similar to me of you, you invest in what's important to you. So I did have a conversation with my husband and said, if this is something we're going to do long-term and it's important for you to have a wife that you can stand to be in the house with, <laughs> let's talk about ways that we can invest in finding a way for me to take a break. You work five days a week and you get a weekend off. Um, I'm working in a different kind of job just because I'm home doesn't mean that it's less of a job. And so I think, it's very important to realize that you need to stop and figure out how you can invest in what's important to you, what's necessary. Absolutely. I um, am so close to having the oldest being able to babysit that mm -hmm. I'm often like, I'm just going to run real quick over here and you practice, you're going to practice. And I'm like, Oh, mm -hmm. so good. So that's another thing too. Like, I promise it's, there's an end in sight where you can eventually yes. leave the oldest home in charge of the younger ones, mm -hmm. which is such a blessing. Um, mm -hmm. So let's talk about what if you need an hour a day? Some people just need that break an hour. I know Sheila, you said I would do the dishes at night while my husband put the kids to bed. Any other mm -hmm. ideas? Something that I found that I needed to do was I worked into our schedule a quiet time for my kids. Um, it didn't, you know, you get to a certain age where kids just don't nap anymore. Um, and even as my kids got older, 
we didn't call it a quiet time anymore. I just made the very, very strong suggestion that why don't you take your reading and go to your room or whatever project it is that you're working on. And so I found ways even within my four walls to get a break from my kids, but I had to intentionally schedule it. And so it was part of our day. Um, it typically was right after lunch. Everybody was full and satisfied. And so it's quiet time. I don't want to see your faces until such and such a time. And, you know, sometimes you can't leave your house. Yeah. Like and I've, I've heard of um, families. I didn't really do this, but I did hear um, so, some other fam fam families talk about having like a tea time, like around, you know, three or four, if, mm -hmm. especially if they had dinner late later, um, six or seven, then they would take a mid afternoon kind of break. And when the kids were little, they would um, have like a quiet time, like, you know, you, you can have the snack and take this drink or whatever into your room and set a timer. Timers are wonderful. I love timers. Set a timer and you can't come out of your room until you hear the timer go off. And, you know, it takes training. They have to start with a smaller amount of time. You can't just start with two hours. You have to start <laughs> start small and then build up as they get older. And, um, and then as they get older, they actually find that they crave that time. They want time away from their siblings. They want time mm -hmm. to go read their books um, or maybe go play with Legos and not be interrupted by mom asking if they've done their math workbook and, you know, whatever. Um, so if, if you start it in small and then you grow it, you, you can carve out a chunk of time in the afternoon where you can do things that you want to do. Now, let me caution you that it is very tempting to replace that time with more work oh, the kids are quiet. I can make that phone call. I can do this thing or replace it with really not life-giving rest. Like, you know, the temptation is to just pick this thing up and start scroll scrolling. I'll just clean out email or let me check Facebook or whatever. And that's not restful. That is not restful. So if you're going to invest the time in training your kids to have a, a this tea time or quiet time or whatever you want to call it, then you, you need to discipline yourself to allow you to do the things that bring you life and not just check one. And, and I'm a box checker. I'm a list maker. I'm all about, let me do one more thing and I'll feel good about myself. Um, but that doesn't bring me life. And so I have to, you know, find those things that, that really do make me feel rested and rejuvenated and um, energized for the rest of my day or the rest of the week or whatever. Absolutely. So is it reasonable to schedule time for self-care? And here's the key. What happens if you don't? <laughs> <laughs> well, like I kind of alluded to before, there is a breaking point. There is. And typically, we tend to think that the breaking point is further down the road than it really is. Yeah. Um, and evidence of that breaking point is I'm overtired. I can't sleep at night. Um, I'm chronically sick. I just can't get rid of this cough or this cold or whatever. Um, I am always on edge. I'm waiting for the next shoe to drop or I'm constantly, you know, short biting responses to my kids or my spouse. Um, 
that's what happens when you don't. And so is it reasonable? Um, I'm not sure that reasonable is the right question. I think the better question is, is it necessary? And I would say absolutely it is. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't many seasons within this season. Um, you may end up having a family member who gets ill and you have to go nonstop for three weeks or two months or whatever. Um, maybe one of your kids has a need or, or whatever it might look like. There are times when you can't um, stop. And that's, you know, that's life. That's part of life. Um, but that should not be the norm, certainly. Yeah, just think of it as like regularly scheduled maintenance. Like think about your car. If you do not take your car in to have the oil changed and the filter, what's going to happen? Your engine is going to blow and you're not going to have a car anymore. And that's what's going to happen to you. If you keep pushing that pedal to the metal, you know, all the time without taking the regularly scheduled breaks, then you're going to lose it. You know, it's just, it's not going to be pretty and you're not going to be a fun mom and you're not going to be a nice person to yeah. live with. So it, it, like Judy said, it is a necessary thing and, and it's up to you to figure out different people have different levels of tolerance. So some may need it more often than others. Some can go long for longer periods of time than others. Recognizing that you're in a season is one thing, like we're in the middle of a kitchen remodel now and I just know that my house is gonna be a disaster because I have boxes of stuff everywhere because I don't have a kitchen. Um, and you know, we're, we're eating a lot more takeout than usual, but I know that this isn't the norm. This is not the way it's always going to be. And there is light at the end of the tunnel. So you just have to recognize that this is a season of life that you're in and, and you need to do what you need to do to get through it. Absolutely. I um, am not ashamed, a little ashamed to admit that I got in a fight over cheese today. There was a cheese <laughs> argument. Um, and you yeah. know what? I keep thinking for me right now, I'm like, Christmas, Christmas break is coming and we can all just take time and enjoy ourselves and not argue over cheese. But it's not <laughs> that. It's definitely scheduling in periodic mm -hmm breaks in homeschool too, yeah. I think is important. Um, can we talk a little bit about how you guys did that when you were homeschooling? Because I feel like it's important. It's important to not only take a break for yourself, but also take a break in what you're doing every day. Mm -hmm. I think, and, and I think I've shared this before, you have to create um, a family team mentality. I um, I'm not the only person in my household that knows how to wash dishes. I'm not the only person in my household that can do laundry. In fact, as my children got older, I was not the only person in my house that knew how to cook meals or plan meals. Or shred cheese. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Cheese is a big part of a family team mentality. <laughs> and so I, I think... You have to, under, underneath the whole idea of rest, has to be a foundation of servanthood, has to be a foundation of team building. We're in this together. This family does not function unless we all help one another. It's not about, well, I did dishes more times than you did last week, or I cooked twice. How come you're asking me to cook three times this week? You know, that's, you Teach servanthood by demonstrating servanthood and by constantly making it part of your 
vocabulary and your conversation. And that's what allows you to be able to, allows anybody in your household to be able to take a rest. And just as a little side note, a trick that I found was every now and again, it's not a bad idea to switch roles. So say your husband, I have this scheduled for this day. How about we flip and I'll leave the house and you homeschool today. Not a bad idea to do it with your kids either. Um, I would often look at my teenagers and say, this week you are the chief cook. So I need you to make the menu plan and cook it and enlist your siblings to help you clean up from it. So sometimes it just is a perspective thing. They just, they just truly don't understand why you need a rest. And maybe you just need a little demonstration. It is true. When you walk in someone else's shoes, oh, you appreciate. Yeah, the, the, yeah, those times where my kids were in charge of doing something and then they would be like, why is this room a mess? Who threw their shoes on the floor? What? You know, and I'm like, oh, now you know how it feels. Okay. I have also found that there were times where I had to put myself in timeout. Like I was just you know, it may have been a certain time of the month. It may have just been, I've had enough. I mean, I didn't have enough breaks. I was overdue for a break. And I might've said a few things I regretted, or I was on the verge of saying really nasty things. And I was like, mommy needs a timeout. And I would put myself in timeout. And, um, you know, you can't do that too often because then that's just called avoidance. Um, (laughs) But occasionally, if, if the need arises where you've really kind of gone too far, then putting yourself in your room, shutting the door, enlisting an older sibling, even if they're, you know, the seven-year-old in charge of the three-year-old, like mommy's in timeout, make sure that the three-year-old doesn't burn the house down. I'll be back. And, you know, you can't be gone for crazy amounts of time, but if you need that break before you blow your top, then you need to take it. And Sheila mentioned earlier, you do have to train. This doesn't happen overnight. You can't just get up tomorrow morning and say, we are now going to have quiet time. Um, you can't. It doesn't work that way. There, You will have to invest some training time, but that training will absolutely pay off in the long run. One more thing I wanted to bring up, too, was um, those longer breaks. Um, when my youngest was two... So I have three kids. They're all about two, two and a half years apart. Uh, my husband's a runner too. And he wanted to run the Big Sur Marathon. And my daughter was two, two years old. And he pitched it to me like, we, it can be a getaway. We'll go to Napa Valley. We'll, you know, we'll get away from the kids. And I was like, heck yeah. And so we did. We worked it out. I think we were gone five days. And I mean, it took, I felt like, you know, the vice president of a major corporation trying to orchestrate who this, you know, this grandparent's going to take kids to soccer on this day. And then this grandparent, and then this, I mean, it was a logistical nightmare. And my husband thinks, I mean, multiple times he would thank me like, honey, I know it was more work for you to leave. Like it was just easier for you to stay home and let me go. But he appreciated so much that I would travel with him sometimes. And so we did make it a goal to do a little getaway once a year Thankfully, back before these COVID days, he would travel a lot for work. So it was not too expensive for me to tag along with him. Um, 
you know, I just had to pay my own way, but otherwise the hotel was paid for and all that. And, and so we did that. We made that a regular thing. Once we could swing twice, we would do twice, but some, sometimes once was enough. Um, but it, it was restorative to me. He would have meetings during the day, you know, when it was a work trip and I would just lay around in the hotel room, do nothing. It was divine. It's still divine. I still enjoy going and tagging along on those kinds of trips. And um, so, you know, and you may not be in a situation where you could do that, but if you can get away to a family member's house and let the grandparents keep the kids or something like that, like just, just a change, but to get away with your spouse, um, it does so much for you, but it also does a lot for your marriage. And again, you're investing long-term into what is important to you. And I think it's, it's very important just to tag on to what Sheila said, to reiterate what she said, it, that may not work for you. So don't listen to this discussion and say, well, none of those suggestions would work for me. So obviously I just, I can't rest. Um, again, it's, it's not negotiable. You have to rest. And so look at your circumstances in your season and figure out where you carve it out. You will have to actively schedule time to rest. And that could be just a walk. Like we said, those are free. Yep. Leave dad at home, go for a walk. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that these are great ideas. I appreciate you guys. I would love to hear if you are listening, have any additional ideas, let us know. Cause I think it would be great to hear, you know, and share what you've, what you've come to find relaxing, especially right now. So thank you, Judy and Sheila for joining me and we will see you next time.